one 9646 the number to get a hold of Savannah anytime you'd like at the firm. You can go to help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll get to lots of stuff today, including the injury calculator. Find out what the pain and suffering component of your claim should be, the real number. We'll get to that and some details in that regard. Uh, James is here again from the firm. Guys, you're going to answer a bunch of questions and emails today. A busy hour, so let's get right into it. We always start with the week that was. Uh, you both have something to say in that regard, but uh, Savannah, we'll start with you, pal. What's going on? Thanks, John. Uh, let's start off with a very interesting case. I went uh, a few days ago to meet with a lady in Barrie. Uh, this is a lady who had uh, who was attacked, physically attacked, back in 2014. She was left with a, with very serious injuries, including a concussion. And uh, for listeners who haven't listened to me before saying this, a concussion is a brain injury. And she's experiencing a lot of the symptoms of uh, brain in, uh, brain injured victims, uh, memory loss, sensitive, sensitivity to light, you know, not being able essentially to do the normal things that otherwise all of us take for granted. Uh, and, and the reason that she had contacted me or I had contacted her actually is because uh, she was on global TV. There was a story about this, this uh, altercation. She's a teacher. She hasn't been able to go back to teaching since that time. And she had a sorry. She had applied for long term disability, and she had been denied, uh, which is interesting because we're talking about a lady that has uh, severe injuries, severe impairments, and of course, being a teacher, it's quite onerous. I mean, you have to be able to function, to deal with kids, uh, to to teach them, to create lessons, etc. Uh, in any event, she was denied LTD. She had appealed the decision with support from her medical doctors, including a concussion clinic. And again, she was denied the appeal. I had spent, when I went, when, when I went up there to meet with her, with her and her mother, actually, almost three hours. And we went through a lot of documents. I mean, she literally had a pile of medical documents on her table. You know, no question in my mind that she is legitimate. I mean, her injuries are real. We're not talking about somebody who's trying to scam the system. Uh, she's in her mid-40s. She had to move back with her mother. She has a five-year-old son that she has difficulty caring for. I mean, this is a tragic case. And we're talking about uh, an incident that occurred over three years ago. And so who knows what the future is going to hold, right? Because she's still suffering from these uh, concussion symptoms. So she was in great distress financially, emotionally, not to mention those impairments that she's suffering from. We are going to be able to help her. Not a, I don't even have a shred of a doubt. And I told her that. And you know, what, what was interesting about the conversation and how it evolved is that, you know, it, it, and she verbalized it, that now she can actually focus on trying to get better, on not fighting the insurance company. And that's something that I want to really get out there. You know, the three lessons I would have people take from the story is this. Number one, if you are dealing with a long-term disability insurer who has cut you off or denied your claim, you're not alone. There are literally thousands of people across the province, across the country who are dealing with these same issues. Remember, people, it's a numbers game with insurance companies. They're assuming that for every 10 people that they deny a legitimate claim, nine people are just going to walk away. It's just a numbers game. They're just not going to have to pay you if you don't stand for yourself, don't fight. But, but here's the other lesson. You don't have to fight alone. Let us do the fighting for you. It's very different when you are dealing with a company that has expertise in denying claims, uh, in making your life uh, hell, really, in, in, in really grinding you down. It's a war of attrition. They're hoping you're just going to go away because you don't have the, 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 the stamina yeah. financially and emotionally to fight. So make sure you give us a call, email us, let us give you the information you need to make a decision as to whether or not you have a case or not. The last thing I would say is this, this lady for the last 
three and a half years, has gone to so many doctors, have seen so many psychiatrists, psychologists. It is imperative if you are uh, applying for long-term disability that you continue getting those treatments. Don't be in a situation where there is a gap, where you know, you've suffered an injury or an illness and for a year, for example, you're literally seeking absolutely no treatments because then it looks as though your injuries, your illness is not serious. So, you know, you're not alone. That's number one. Number two, uh, have us deal with the insurance company so you can focus on your health. And number three, make sure you get regular treatments. Got a couple minutes to go here before we uh, take our first break. one 990 What else is, uh you got on your plate? Well, I had one uh, this week. I oh. had a client come um, and meet with me. Um, and his big concern was really about the stress that could be involved in a lawsuit. Yeah. Um, he was injured in a car accident a little over a year ago, suffered a broken leg, a concussion. Um, and over um, the the year, he's also developed um, some anxiety and depression. Hasn't gone back to work. Now, from my perspective, this is a very straightforward claim. It's a type of thing I see all too frequently. Um, but from his perspective, um, you know, he, he was very stressed by the entire idea of starting a lawsuit, and that's understandable. He hadn't done it before. Um, and so he had really put off uh, calling a lawyer for some time until he met with me last week. Um, and this is something that I hear quite frequently, and it's unfortunate. Um, people are, you know, are afraid of the litigation process. Um, from, you know, from our perspective, you know, we have one one primary job, and that's to make your litigation easier. Um, it's to remove the stress from you. We take care of that part of it, so you can focus on uh, on, on getting better, on rehabilitation. And that's what I said to him. Um, and really, as soon as we had that meeting, you could see um, some of the stress being removed. He was just so relieved to finally speak to someone who understood and who was going to be there for him. And that's what we do. That's what our role is as, as a lawyer, is to be on your side and to remove the stress of the litigation from you. Because you're already in the situation. You're already injured. Right. He's already not working. So, you know, that's a fact. Um, but what we can do is remove the other stresses. People watch too much TV and read too many books. You know, they think it's going to be you know, Nicholson and Cruz there. You can't handle the truth. It's not like that. Like, it's you guys not. take care of this. It's like, exactly that. In fact, uh, things, you know, one of the interesting uh, comments that I often get is, you know, I didn't realize how much I'm not going to be involved right. in the case. Listen, it's your case. You're the one who's making the decisions at the end of the day. Our job is to make it, as James said, as easy as possible for you to recover what you are owed under the law. Remember, we are not pursuing your legal entitlements, whether it's from uh, an injury because of an accident or because uh, you've been denied LTD. It's not as though we are going and asking for a handout. We are demanding that the insurance company pay you what you are owed under the law. It's that simple. Our job is to maximize that payout for you and to make sure that we do that with as little stress to you as possible. one 990 the number to get it started right there. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll get to some of your emails and questions after we take a short break. The Insurance and Injury Law Show. This is Talk Radio AM 640. 1-888-990-9646 is the number. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca to get a hold of Savannah, the firm. Uh, in that regard, more uh, more of the week that was, some uh, some stuff you're working on. Keep going. So remember, we have these websites uh, which we've created to allow people to ask questions without having to even call us. And these are free websites. You post a question about your accident or your disability, and you get answers from f- uh, for free from us literally within minutes. So this question was posted last week to myaccidentquestions.com. 
Uh, it comes from a lady, uh, again, up in Barrie. And here's what she writes. She says, my husband and I were hit head on by a drunk driver recently in our motorhome. We went to the hospital to get checked for internal bleeding and we were both okay. My husband has developed lower back pain, which, uh, for which he will receive treatment um, through, through our vehicle medical benefits. And I'm suffering from anxiety and mental trauma caused by the accident. Uh, she says, or she asks, do we have uh, the option to start a legal claim against the other driver, the at-fault driver, for pain and suffering that was caused by this accident? And then she notes that the other driver was charged with impaired driving. So there's a whole bunch of issues here to unpack. So let's simplify this. First of all, if you're involved in a car accident in Ontario because of someone else's fault, you potentially have two legal claims uh, for benefits and damages for losses. The first one, which we've talked about before, is called accident benefits. That's through your insurance company. And that's what this lady was referencing. You're injured, you need treatments, your insurance company, that's why you pay insurance, they are going to pay for those benefits up to a certain maximum. If you are unable to work, then you're going to get income replacement benefits up to generally $400 a week unless you've bought optional insurance. So there's a whole bunch of benefits that you can get from your insurance company. That's number one. Number two, someone else was at fault for your accident. If your injuries are severe enough and they're serious and they are long standing, in other words, they're, they're permanent or they're going to go on for a long time, Yes, Ontario law will allow you to then recover or to get pain and suffering damages from the other driver's insurance company. But it's not just pain and suffering, and that's the key here. If you're unable to work or have difficulty working, well, then you have an income loss claim. If you have family members who now have to help you with various tasks around the home, they have claims they can advance under the Family Law Act. There's a whole bunch of claims, a whole bunch of losses that you potentially have incurred because of the other driver's negligence that we can help you recover. As a side issue here, she had mentioned this lady that the other driver was impaired. Under Ontario law, if you are impaired, uh, you are potentially compromising your own coverage. What does that mean? Again, without going into technicalities, it means it doesn't mean that if the other side has no insurance or has very little insurance, that suddenly your claim is capped somehow by that uh, low amount that the other driver has. Uh, Most drivers in Ontario, in fact, it's standard uh, policies, standard endorsement, it's called an OPC of 44R. What does that mean? It means that if you are hit, if you are injured as a result of another driver who was impaired, who was driving without a license, something that happened that compromised his coverage, guess what? We can go and make that same claim from your insurance company. In other words, our own insurance company acts as a safety net. So again, I don't want people to get hung up on the technicalities here. My point is that you shouldn't be dealing with these issues on your own. If anything that I've talked about sounds familiar, it's happened to you, it's happened to someone you know, a family member, a friend, have them contact us. We will give them the information they need to understand what their legal options are. And there's no obligation here. It doesn't cost anything. We just want to make sure that people are aware of their legal rights if they're injured as a result of someone else's negligence. Start with the phone call, one 990 or help at ca. All right. Uh, let, let, let me just conclude with another question that was posted mm-hmm. to another website, mydisabilityquestions.com. And I urge people out there to go to that website. There's a ton of good questions posted. And, of course, the answers that we give out, which are, again, for free. So this question came from a gentleman in Ottawa, and here's what he wrote. He says, I'm currently on shortened disability with Manulife. They've had me run back and forth from my doctor for paperwork requests. 
I did not receive payment today as they said that they have not received required paperwork from my doctor. Yet my doctor says that everything has been forwarded. Now I can't pay my mortgage. Any thoughts? Well, first of all, you know, if I'm thinking to myself, my God, if I couldn't pay my mortgage, I would be panicking. I can only imagine what this gentleman is going through. And people out there contact me with these kinds of issues almost daily. And it's not just the mortgage. You have kids. You don't know how to, you know, you can't buy food. There's a lady I'm helping right now that her son told me literally she has $36 in her bank account. I mean, she's going to get evicted in a few weeks. What do you do? I'll tell you what you do. Listen, we don't have a magic bullet. I can't go to the insurance company and put the gun to their head. But I can do that legally. What does that mean? It means that I can put their feet to the fire. So this lady that I've just referenced that has $36 in her bank account, I've just sent out a letter literally today giving them seven days to respond to my demand that they pay this lady because she has all the medical required medical documentation to support her disability. They're just dragging her, her, you know, the process out, you know, hoping that she'll go away like most people do, give up. And I told them if within seven days I don't get a response or it's not a favorable response or you're going to pay her, we're going to start a legal claim immediately. Again, that puts pressure on the insurance company because think about it from their perspective. Once I start a legal claim, they have to have a lawyer handle it on the other side. It means they're going to start bleeding money. So that's why I tell people, don't wait, don't go through that stupid appeals process that gets you nowhere, that just drags out everything and makes you more desperate. Contact us. Let us deal with this for you. Focus on your health. Focus on getting better. That's what you can do, and that's what you should do right now. one 9646 help at As uh, Savannah mentioned, you can check out mydisabilityquestions.com. Put your questions in there. Chances are it's been answered. If not, it will be answered uh, very quickly. The Insurance and Injury Law Show continues after a short break. Talk radio, AM 640. one 9646 is the number. It is help at the insurance lawyer. .ca. That is the email that Serge used here. It says, uh, my father was in a car accident about six months ago when a truck on the highway rear-ended him and pretty much crushed his car. He's uh, lucky to be alive, but he broke three ribs and was diagnosed with a concussion. He was in the hospital for several days and has follow-up appointments at the brain injury clinic. He's got memory issues and headaches, among other things. He just turned 59, hasn't gone back to work. He works in sales. Uh, what do we do right now, or should we wait to take legal steps until we know more about his condition? No, you should absolutely not wait. And thanks for uh, for contacting us, Serge. Obviously, very, very serious and significant accident here. Obviously, the other side, the other driver was at fault for the accident. We just uh, finished talking mm-hmm. uh, about a, a, a case as well, dealing with a car accident in a motorhome. Look, when you're dealing with fractures, a concussion, which is a brain injury, these are serious injuries. You, are, you should not be waiting for anything, okay? And, and you know... The sooner you call us or email us for information, again, I'm emphasizing this, you need information and you can't just get this information by just typing concussion, legal claim, and and those kinds of words on Google. You're going to get a whole bunch of information that is completely wrong, outdated. That's the other thing to remember. The law when it comes to car accidents is changing so quickly. I mean, not not a week goes by that we don't have a new case that comes from the courts that tells us something new about the law. So going on Google, trying to Google this information is not going to help you. Serge, my, my suggestion is that we actually set up a meeting between us, you and your father, to be able to go through absolutely everything here. If he suffered those fractures and the concussion and everything else you're talking about and is unable to work, we're talking about potentially significant damages. And what does significant means? It could be in the six figures, seven figures, or even more. I mean, it really depends on the severity of the injuries 
and the prognosis, and we may not know what the prognosis is. But guess what? You don't have to know what the prognosis is to contact us to at least get started, to be prepared. And the other thing is this, and we've talked about this in the context of LTD. By contacting us, by getting this information, you're going to feel more confident that you know where your father Mm -hmm. should be, uh, what kind of benefits your father should be getting, um, what kind of of things the insurance company is doing that they should not be doing. Because sometimes insurance companies tend to take advantage of people who are in vulnerable situations. No. Yeah. Come on. Amazing. It's just just something that uh, you just wouldn't believe. Uh, So very, very important, Serge. Give us a call. Contact us um, off air. Uh, let's meet up. You know, we have no no hesitation in coming to to see you and your father, given your father's condition. We'll go through everything, and then both of you will know how to proceed. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is that number again. The email you want to send one in help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. James, so what happens? Uh, you know, after a car accident, the injured person goes back to work for uh, for a little while, but then because of the pain, he or she stops. They can't keep working. How does that look to the insurance company? Will they just say, you know, mom, well, because you went back to work for a short time, obviously you're not disabled and you're fine? Because that's why a lot of people would just stay home. They're afraid of that, right? Well, it's a, it's a very good question. Um, the answer is yes, the insurance company is going to make an argument that because you went back to work, that means that you're okay. Yeah. But that still doesn't change my philosophy, which is this. If you've been injured and you have recovered to some extent and you would like to return to work and you feel like you're ready to try and your doctor says, yeah, it's okay, I think it's reasonable for you to try, then you should try going back to work. Yes, you're going to be faced with an argument by the insurance company if you're not successful that you tried and you're really able to. But the reality is if you don't try going back to work, it's not like the insurance company won't have a different argument. The argument they'll make then is they're going to say that you weren't trying. They're going to use that magic word malingerer. That's what they're going to call you. They're going to say that you're not really trying. So you know, you're, you're damned either way. So you might as well go ahead and try, because if you're able to go back to work, that's the best thing for you. That's the road to recovery. There are other lawyers that might tell you differently, but I think that's doing a very big disservice to the client. Um, If you're in a position and you think that you're able to return to work and your doctor says it's okay, then it's okay. You give it a try. Actually, if I can just pipe in for a second, if you have a lawyer that's telling you, don't go back to work when you are ready to go back and you've been clear to go back, that's a huge red flag. Okay, that's like your doctor telling you, I know you're injured or you have an illness, uh, but don't do anything about that. Why? Because they're telling you essentially to lie. I mean, think about that. I'm not even talking about the ethics. I'm talking to you as, I'm, I'm talking from the standpoint of somebody who worked for insurance companies. As soon as insurance companies get a hold of that or extract that from you, when it comes time to actually talk to you about your ability to go back to work, they're going to start valuing the cl- your claim less and less and less. It's, it decreases the value yeah. of your claim. So if your lawyer is telling you that, huge, huge red flag. Injury calculator, give me some details as we uh, just about wrap up this, uh, this segment. Uh, fantastic tool. It's an online tool. Yeah. Uh, we rolled it out a few years ago. And what it does, it allows you uh, for free to find out how much you could potentially be looking at as compensation for pain and suffering if you've suffered an injury because of someone's negligence. That could be because of a car accident, could be because of a slip and fall, you broke your knee, broke your ankle, got a concussion. You wanna figure out, is it really worth it for me to even start the legal claim? Go to that website, it's gonna ask you a few very basic questions, then it's gonna scan through a lot of case law, cases from courts where people have uh, litigated these kinds of claims uh, with similar injuries, and they'll tell you, here is you know the range of compensation right. for pain and suffering 
that judges have awarded in the past. So I'll tell you, for an ankle injury, for example, you're looking at, let's say, thirty to $40,000. I mean, it's just an example. Yep. Very, very uh, easy, easy to do. And at the end of the day, if you still, you know, if you go through it and you're interested in getting a consult from us, because of course it's just for pain and suffering, maybe you can't go to work, maybe you have other losses that you want to talk about, there is a consult, uh, you know, you can ask for a consultation uh, at the end. There's a button you press, we get the email, we contact you. It's a very easy process and it's free. Injurycalculator.ca is that site. Check it out. We'll, we, uh, we'll take a break here, get right back in with more of your emails. That is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca and the phone number anytime, one 9646 one is the number and fightformyltd.com if you haven't checked that out and the Injury Calculator, which uh, we just spoke about before the break, injurycalculator.ca find out what your pain and suffering should be the real dollar amount email from Laura says I have Parkinson's and just finished short term disability and applied for long term I got a denial letter last week saying that my condition is not advanced enough and that I'm not approved but my neurologist says that I can't go back to work I'm an architect and used to make about 150k a year I'm turning 51 should I wait a while before I apply for LTD again James what say you well, the first thing is, um, I, I think actually what you would be doing is appealing the decision, not reapplying. Once you've right. made an application for LTD, Laura, um, if they deny that claim, it's all part of the same application, any challenges that you do down the road. But um, as you well know, if you've listened to this show even once, the appeal is a waste of time. Um, that's not going to help you. What you need to do is you need to fight their denial. Um, if your doctor, a neurologist um, that's been treating you, has told you that you're not in a position to go back to work, then the insurance company is not in a better position to tell you that you are. And simply put, if you delay the fight, you delay the recovery. It's as simple as that. There is no reason to wait. Give us a call. Savannah, I'll ask you this question. An insurance company denies LTD claim, and it's it's clear, it's absolutely clear that they should not have denied the claim. Can that person, the person, get something for pain and suffering for what the insurer put them through? Well, first of all, in almost every case, in almost every circumstance where someone comes to me, um, oftentimes in tears, uh, not understanding why they've been denied, that question arises. And, you know, whenever we start a legal claim, we always ask for pain and suffering. By ask, I mean we plead that. We put that in the legal claim. We demand right. that. We ask for punitive damages, uh, which is basically uh, an amount that we're saying, you know, the court should be punishing the insurance company for doing what they're doing. And guess what? In some cases, courts have actually awarded those kinds of damages. So yes, absolutely. Think about it this way. What's, what's an insurance contract? What is an LTD policy? It's a safety net. It's something that is there to protect you, to cover you, to allow you to survive financially while you're trying to get better to be able to get back into the, into the workforce. So courts have traditionally recognized that with insurance companies breach that duty, meaning that they're not doing what they're supposed to, thereby causing more hardship on the individual, that yes, there is exposure on the insurance company for that kind of a claim for pain and suffering. Now, practically speaking, when we end up going to a mediation, which is where most of these claims get settled, uh, that all gets wrapped up into a settlement, meaning there's discussions about all the issues, including what the insurance company owes you, including the pain and suffering, including it gets everything. Bundled. It gets bundled. Yeah. Why does it get bundled? Because the insurance company, at the end of the day, doesn't actually care what it is that they're paying for. All, they're, all they care about is what is the final number they have to put on that check when they send that to you. So, you know, when someone comes to me and says, I, w- I want to, you know, go after them for this and for that, yeah, we're going to go after them for everything and it's all going to factor in. Uh, 
you know, don't worry about that. But understand that at the end of the day, the insurance company, when they come to the table to sign a check for a settlement, it's going to be one inclusive sum. It's going to be one check and everything is going to be wrapped in it. The email is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. I'll throw this one uh, to you, Savan. Dennis writes in, says, my wife of 17 years is undergoing treatments for uh, lymphoma. We're having a tough time with her insurance company. First, they said that she's not covered for LTD. Then they found the paperwork and said that they didn't get enough documents from the oncologist, and now they have everything they say, but in her current condition, should be able to do a major aspect of her job. She works as a personal support worker, which is very physical, and there's no way she can do it. Uh, We don't know what to do. Seems like they'll never pay. Help. Okay, Dennis. So first of all, thanks for emailing us, because this is really important, especially the last line. Uh, Seems like they'll never pay. Uh, that is, again, that's the whole point. That's their MO. That's what they're trying to make you think and believe, that they'll never pay. The reality is that once we get involved, once we tell you you have a case and we start uh, the fight against the insurer, you know, I'm not going to tell you that they suddenly capitulate altogether, but they understand that it's mm-hmm. going to cost them money. And insurance companies are not in the business of losing money. Now, we just finished talking about pain and suffering uh, claims uh, in LTD cases and punitive damages, right? Punishment for the insurance companies. Well, Dennis, the fact that the insurance company here is giving your wife excuse after excuse after excuse, and we're dealing with her uh, having cancer, I can tell you that even without looking at all the medical documentation and the file itself, there might be a good basis here for punitive damages to punish the insurance company. Hmm. So again, you know, when the insurance company is just jerking you around, you have to give us a call. You have to email us. Let us let us give you your options. Not letting us give you your options is doing a disservice to you yep. and to whoever it is you're con- you know that 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 you know that is suffering from this and 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 feels like they're by themselves and alone and and don't have any recourse. You have a lot more power than you think you do. Uh, so Dennis, please give us a call. Let's connect after the show. I'm, I promise you we'll be able to help your wife. one 990 is that number for Dennis and for you as well. Email is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. More of your questions and emails and uh, stuff you need to know here, the Insurance and Injury Law Show. More coming up. Talk radio, AM 640. one 990 the number. The email, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. If you haven't checked it out, find out what your pain and suffering component should be of your claim. The real dollar value injury calculator.ca. It's free. takes about 30 seconds to uh, go through the metric and, and figure that out. So have a look while we sit here. And Chad James, I'll ask you this. Many people contact you after they've been denied or cut off LTD. What should people do? Uh, if they haven't yet been cut off, but they suspect that they might be, or they're told that the cutoff is in a few weeks or months, insurance companies do that all the time. Should they should they wait or just get on it now and call you? Well, the very short answer is they should call us now. Right. Um, I, you know, it doesn't matter how long you do this kind of work; it never stops surprising me when insurance companies put themselves in this position. Um, you know, they pretend that they have a crystal ball and that they can see into the future and do so with you know some degree of uh, medical certainty that um, neither they or even the doctors that are treating the person have. Um, how can anyone possibly say that a month from now or two months from now, they're not going to meet the definition in the contract? How do they know right. what what position you're going to be in then, medically speaking? They don't. They don't. That's called anticipatory breach. Um, and we can start an action for that right away. We don't have to wait for them to actually cut you off. They're breaching the contract. They're telling you. We're going to breach the contract. We don't know what your condition is going to be like a month from now or two months from now, but we're going to cut you off then anyway. 
And they just expect that you're going to accept that. And most people do. Don't. Give us a call. Anticipatory breach. I like that. That's a good. I'm putting that on a t-shirt. That's a tough sounding term. You guys must get that all the time from insurance companies. Oh yeah, six months from now, you'll be fine. Tons, tons. I mean, and in fact, in the majority of cases, people know that they're going to get cut off. It's not just, you know, one day they don't get a check in the mail or a deposit in their bank account. So here's how I see it. When an insurance company tells you that in a month or two months or three months, they're not going to pay you, they're going to cut you off. It's no different than someone telling me, you know, in one minute, I'm going to slap you. Are you just going to stand there and take it? Don't. I mean, give us a call. Let us tell you how to deal with the insurance company. And by the way, we've had situations as well where uh, when people have contacted us weeks or months before they were cut off, we were able to intervene and I'm going to use this uh, in quotes, say this in quotes, uh, uh, persuade the insurance company uh, not to cut the person off or at the very least tell the insurance company that if they will cut this person off, they're going to get a legal claim quite shortly and they're going to have to assign a defense lawyer and they're going to start bleeding money. So again, you got to fight fire with fire. Don't assume that you don't have any recourse and you have to wait. Don't also rely on, you know, charity. Don't think that you're going to be able to persuade that adjuster who told you they're going to cut you off uh, from cutting you off. It's not going to happen. They've made that decision. It could have, by the way, it could have been not even the adjuster's decision. It could have been coming from higher up, yeah. you know, from the manager or the supervisor or whoever it is. So let us do the fighting for you. Let us do the quote unquote persuasion for you. At the very least, if they go ahead and say that they're still going to cut you off, we can start a claim now so that you're hitting them first. Email is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Got one here from Ron. A little lengthy, so listen for this one, uh, guys. Ron says, I've listened to your show for a long time and never thought I'd uh, need your help, but I think the time has unfortunately come for that. My brother was biking downtown three weeks ago, intersection, and was hit by a car trying to make a right turn. He was thrown to the ground and rushed to the hospital by ambulance. He was diagnosed with a severe concussion. He's having major issues with memory, focus, headaches, etc. I'm trying to get him legal help, and we've been approached by a few lawyers already, in the hospital too, actually. Uh, I don't like the fact that they all want him to sign up immediately, and one of them even offered us cash if he signs up. I, uh, I was hoping you can give us some information, some perspective on what we need to do. Wow, really? Yeah, well, listen, there's all kinds of lawyers out there. Um, and, you know, the vast majority of the, the lawyers that I meet doing this kind of work um, are ethical um, and are generally good lawyers, but there are lawyers out there that make everyone else look bad. Um, if you're approached by a lawyer who's offering you cash wow. to sign up, that is a very obvious red flag. You have to question the ethics of a person who's going to do that, particularly to someone who's in the hospital. Um, you know, we certainly don't operate that way. The, the short answer is, Ron, you, you know, you and your brother need to find a lawyer that you're comfortable with. I hope you'll feel comfortable enough with us and that you'll give us a call because certainly um, the situation you've described is something that we can absolutely help you with. Um, but um, you know, do not uh, sign up with the lawyer who's offering to give you money up front in exchange for their legal services. That should tell you something about how desperate they are for business. And you have to question why you would want to go with someone who's that desperate. Not even with a free set of steak knives, because that might that might come up as well, right? That's hard to believe. Can they even do that in hospitals? Is it legal? No. Um, it, it, wow. It, 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 no, they, they can't. It, it, it's, it's a breach of the rules of professional conduct. Wow. Um, but do they do that? 
Yeah, it happens. It's wow. unfortunate, but it happens. We'll take a, a short break. The number one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. It is help at the insurance lawyer.ca through email. We'll try to get to one or two more of those before we wrap up for the hour. And if you've never used it, injurycalculator.ca. That is to calculate and give you an accurate number of your pain and suffering of your claim. More of the insurance and injury law show right ahead. Talk radio, AM six forty. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is a number. It is help at the insurance lawyer dot for email. Sandra writes in says my daughter who is thirty two suffers from severe depression and has been seeing a psychiatrist regularly. She was deemed unable to work by her psychiatrist, but her long term disability claim was denied because of quote unquote insufficient medical support. I don't understand why and how do we fight this? Sandra, you don't fight this on your own. Certainly your daughter should not be fighting this on, on, on her own. In fact, it's only going to exacerbate her condition. She's going to regress. I'm sure that's already happened. I've seen that quite a few times with people where they're trying to take on the insurance company by themselves. They keep losing uh, and they roll back. They, they get worse and worse. And I talk to doctors who tell me the same thing. They don't know what to do. So, you know, it's really quite simple. All you're going to do is just call us or email us. Why do I say that? Because all I'm going to do is ask you for certain documentation. I'm going to want to see the medical reports. I'm going to want to see the denial letter, the policy. I want to see these documents so I can give you an opinion within literally three minutes of reading them as to whether you have a claim. And Sandra, if your daughter suffers from these uh, issues, from depression, She's seeing a psychiatrist regularly. Presumably, there are going to be reports there, uh, a lot of notes that the psychiatrist has been taking uh, for all those times that he or she has been seeing your daughter. Uh, you know, if you have all of that, and she was in fact, um, and, and she's she's unable to go back to work, I don't see any reason why the insurance company has denied the claim, except for the obvious one, which is that they're hoping she's going to go away and they're not going to have to pay anything. And by the way, let me mention something. Anytime you make a claim for LTD, even if it gets denied, the insurance company already makes a calculation on their end, how much will they have to pay (laughs) if at some point they'll have to approve you? Think about that for a second. They have reserves, they have money set aside. They're just hoping that the majority of it will not get tapped because people will give up. They will not contact us, not allow us to help them. And we change that. And that's the whole point. That's why we have this show, to give this information to people out there. I know there are a lot of skeptics out there. But, you know, at the end of the day, we say this over and over and over. It costs you nothing, nothing to talk to us, to get this advice for free. So why wouldn't you call? Why wouldn't you email and get this information and evaluate whether or not you want to proceed with a claim or not? So uh, what if someone's on LTD and uh, they've been let go from their job? How does that affect that LTD payment? Well, Generally speaking, in most cases, it won't. Uh, Most long-term disability policies will only require that you are employed at the time of your impairment. And if you are, then you're eligible to make a claim for the LTD policy. But the only caution I would throw out there is, you know, an LTD policy is a contract and every contract can be drafted differently. So, you know, certainly you want to be familiar with these specific provisions in your contract. Uh, but generally speaking, it won't have any impact on it. And the other thing I would point out is um, that we, we have employment lawyers um, who deal with this kind of issue all the time at our firm. And so we can deal with the long-term disability component as well as any employment issues that arise from your impairment. We'll get to uh, another email here. Norm writes in, says, I slipped and fell on ice last February and broke my left knee. I had surgery on it, but it's only 50% better. And my surgeon says that I'll likely have to use a cane for a very long time. I'm only 52 
And I've tried uh, going back to work at the auto shop several times, but the paint's too much. I've worked there for over 12 years, and I make uh, $60,000 a year. I've been dealing uh, by myself with the insurance adjuster for the place I fell at, and they've offered me 50000 to settle my case. I told him that I need at least sixty to cover a year's worth of income, but he won't budge. Should I take the fifty k and be done with it? Well, you know, <laughs> I haven't looked at your file, Norm, um, and so I don't know what's in there. But based on what you've told me, I can tell you you shouldn't be taking that offer. Yeah. If you're making sixty thousand dollars per year and you're still walking with a cane, um, it sounds to me like you're likely not going to be working for some amount of time and. The reality is, um, I've dealt with this very frequently in my practice. Um, people have come to me that have had knee problems that have resulted in surgery. That's not a one-time thing. Um, that's something that has to be revisited um, quite frequently over the course of your life. Um, and so are you going to be able to work until your expected retirement age? Probably not. And if that's the case, if that's the case, um, you know the value of your claim is going to be significantly more. In any case, whether your claim is worth $50,000, $100,000 or more, don't make that decision without speaking with someone who has looked at this um, and understands what they're, what they're dealing with. So you have all of the information before you decide. You know, Norm also put in there, and he slipped it in, that he's been dealing with the insurance adjusters rather than, you know, calling you guys. I mean, what's, uh, what are the pitfalls? He shouldn't be doing that. No, well, he probably doesn't are, know, but he shouldn't be doing that. There are that, a right? ton of pitfalls, and I can tell you, uh, you know, that when I worked for insurance companies, uh, and we had self-represented uh, claimants, people yeah. who had no lawyers. I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I was like oftentimes I was instructed yeah. by my principals, the adjuster, com- the, the adjusters at the insurance companies, to try and settle the claims for cents on the dollar. And I did that because that was my job. And I remember the one claim in particular where I valued it for probably within the one hundred to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And we we got out of it by literally paying the individual twenty five thousand wow. dollars. I mean, I waived Jeez. that check essentially. I mean, you know, figuratively speaking, but signed the check for twenty five thousand dollars, got them to sign a release, and guess what? A few months later, I get a letter from a lawyer that they had retained, saying that they were going to start a legal claim. And I said, well, no, because your client signed had off. signed off on twenty five thousand dollars, and that's it. There was no case. So that individual lost over a hundred thousand dollars. Because we were able to get, so be very, very careful accepting settlement offers from insurance companies. They're not giving it to you because you, they think that the settlement is fair. They're giving it to you because they understand that you have no one to protect your interests and to tell you what the real value of your claim is. Don't let it happen to you guys. Another good week uh, as we uh, wrap it up here. The number again, one 990 9646 Email help at the And if you haven't used it yet, find out what that pain and suffering amount should be. The real amount, the dollar amount, injurycalculator.ca as well. Till next time, the Insurance and Injury Law Show, Talk Radio, AM640.